Ringer Films and HBO's third installment of the Music Box series is listening to Kenny G. The film takes a humorous but incisive look at the saxophonist Kenny G, the best-selling instrumental artist of all time and quite possibly one of the most famous living musicians. Listening to Kenny G unravels the allure of the man who played jazz so smoothly that a whole new genre formed around him and questions fundamental assumptions about art and excellence in the process. You can find Listening to Kenny G on HBO or HBO Max on Thursday, December 2nd. Okay, uh, a lot of good stuff on today's pod. We're going to talk with Booger McFarland, Brian Kelly to LSU, also his picks for championship college weekend, and Darren Williams, all-star NBA point guard. He's fighting Frank Gore, and we're going to talk about it. And life advice, a little succession. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Buy. It's Wonder Water. So I was wondering what made Buy so great. And it's actually pretty simple. Bai has antioxidants, electrolytes, and no artificial sweeteners. And the flavors are delicious. For me, it has to be Bai Zambia Bing Cherry. So for flavorful hydration, choose Bai. It's Wonder Water. Learn more about Bai and discover all of the exotic, bold flavors at drinkbuy.com. Friend of the program, Booger McFarland, ESPN, college football and NFL coverage, and proud LSU alum. So Brian Kelly, to Baton Rouge, your thoughts? I, I like it. I, I think that, you know, anytime you hire a new coach on any level, you always, or, or you tend to go opposite of what you had. And uh, although Coach O won a national championship, just like Les Miles, just like Nick Saban, Coach O was, he was a little loose. I think that's the best way to describe it. Uh, uh, more of a CEO type. Um, he was a Bayou boy through and through. So everyone talks about fit. There's no better fit than Coach O in Baton Rouge. Uh, obviously, it was a disaster after the national championship, and I think he will tell you he did a lot of things wrong. So fast forward to the new hire. The new hire was always going to be a ball coach, a guy who was actually hands-on, that could coach a particular side of the football, that could actually do some XO. So if something went wrong on the field, he wasn't leaning on coordinators. He was leaning on his expertise in certain areas. So Brian Kelly fits that. Um, you know as well as I know, in order to win an SEC, you got to win up front. Brian Kelly traditionally at Notre Dame has had some of the best offensive lines in the country. Just look at the talent that they put in the pros. That's number one. Number two, look at how they run the football. Okay. They run the football at a violent level at Notre Dame. Um, I think overall, when you look at the way he's run his program, he's run his program. It, it's been tight. It's been buttoned up uh, and they win. And so everything that I listed for BK was the opposite of what O was on a scale of one to 10. I, I'll summarize by saying this. I think it's an eight and a half. Uh, eight and a half, nine out of 10. Uh, me personally, uh, I was partial to Mel Tucker just because I wanted historic. I wanted different. 
I, I wanted to go defense uh, for a, a lot of different reasons, but I couldn't be happier once Mel signed his new deal to pivot and move on to uh, BK. I, I'm ecstatic. Yeah, I mean, it felt like, and you would know better than I am, you know, depending on who you talk to, but it felt like Mel was the number one choice, and it felt like, oh, hey, look, Mel's going to end up coming here. There's some ties. It's LSU. It's a better job than Michigan State. But once you saw the numbers on what his deal was, you went, oh, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> All right, so now I don't know the the chain of events or the timeline, but kind of do you have more insight on that and how it all kind of played out where there were targets and then it was Brian Kelly? Well, everyone speculated that the target was Jimbo because of Scott Woodward's relationship with Jimbo. Uh, he hired him, hired him at AM. He gave him a deal, the deal that had no buyout, et cetera, et cetera. So everybody connected those dots. Uh, they are friends. I don't know to what extent he talked to Jimbo. Uh, I'm sure he did at some point. Um, I knew that, 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 you know, early on in the process, the, the candidates that were out there, Jimbo, Mel, James, um, LSU would be a fool if they didn't do their due diligence. Now, once it got down to it, we're about a week left in the regular season, and Mel had his new deal, James had his new deal, I think at that point, uh, LSU zeroed in on their target, which was Brian Kelly. Now, the Jimbo thing kept going on and on because everybody's just like, okay, this makes too much sense. It's just too easy because Scott negotiated the deal that had no buyout. So seemingly they planned this a long time ago. Usually when things are too obvious, sometimes they're just too obvious. I never thought that Jimbo Fisher would leave the Texas money. Uh, people out at AM, even though uh, Jimbo hadn't won, any, won a thing at AM, they love Jimbo. And I get it. Jimbo's an offensive guy, but he hasn't won. A crap. Like he hasn't won anything. He, he gets all this t- talent in the world at, at Texas AM, but they still finish four and four, five and three in the conference every year. So uh, Jimbo's going to do well. They are better on the offensive and defensive line. But I do think late Saturday night, there were rumblings of Lincoln Riley wanting to leave. And again, I think LSU had to do their due diligence late Saturday night. And by rumblings, I mean Trace Armstrong. I, I think you know how this business works. The agent talks, the coach picks up the phone. Here's what we got. What do you, what do you like? What do you don't like? And they make a decision from there. Once Lincoln made his decision to go to USC, uh, not that LSU was considering Lincoln. I just think it, it fast-tracked LSU. Let's, okay, we got our guy. Let's stop looking around and let's move forward. And everybody out there just couldn't, couldn't put their arms around. Who was it? Because you knew that Scott Woodward was going big game fishing. Like, he, he, he wasn't going to get, hey, let's go get Joe Brady and see if he can get it done. Like, that was never going to be the case. Uh, Billy Napier wanted the job. Everybody knows Billy Napier wanted the job. But Billy Napier, nothing of his own doing, just wasn't big enough for the AD at LSU. And that's just his history. Napier goes to Florida. I think he'll do great things there. Uh, He's a culture builder, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think Saturday night, Sunday morning was when this thing really came um, came to a head. I would only push back on the AM thing a little bit that last year they were a really good football team and they had a great SEC right and they they were in the mix, Booger. And I think I'm probably But what do they have soft. to show for it though, Ryan? I get what it. What do they have but, to show for it? I mean, but it's the same thing as Brian Kelly, and I said this in my open. I, I realize the whole point is a title, and even an SEC title. I realize, I realize, okay. But all I'm telling you is that we are very dismissive of the team that is on the cusp of it that is in play for it. And I think ultimately, nobody wants to sit in front of the press conference and say, hey, we want to get real close and never win a title. But you can't be that dismissive of being the fifth team last year. That's all. I'm not being dismissive of it, but big guy, listen here. You know and I know. In, in, in this world, yeah, I'm going to call you big guy since you're sitting there with your arms out. By the way, I need to know what you're pinching these days. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, when you get to a point where, where you're making $9 million a year, 
you have a 100,000-seat stadium where, where, where people at Texas A&M say, oh, don't worry about it. We can burn 100 million. It doesn't matter. So when you have those resources, like the big boys, and you're saying, hey, gig them. We're recruiting everybody in the state, everybody in the country we want. Yeah, you better get something to show for it, okay? Uh, Alabama's got rings. LSU's got rings. Uh, uh, Ohio State's got rings. Don't tell me that we just want to get close. Okay, Michigan got close for years. Okay, until they beat Ohio State and get an, got an opportunity to get in the playoff, they were irrelevant. Now they're relevant, but they're still not there until they get in this playoff and they play for a title. It's about rings, big guy. It, I know. That's I just, what it's about. I'm sorry, but I just don't think 126 teams get an F out of every season. All right? I just, not an I just F, don't. But they don't get an A. <laughs> uh, let me let me go hey, in this direction. Hey, go hey, ahead. Hey, hey, no, no, stop right there. What are we benching these days, by the way? All right, so this is you're gonna laugh. You're gonna laugh. I had a buddy who was teaching me about like some of the pin stuff. So taking it off the pins to then get your overall up. And I haven't just maxed out to max out to see what it is in forever. All right. Cause I'm actually afraid of of what it feels like. So I was doing, you know, off the pins, you can put a ton of weight on there. It doesn't matter. But it's still a little weird because when you're holding it out and you're holding up 350, 370 or something, you're not bringing it down. I wouldn't get that rep off. So then I went back to do 225 and I got 21 reps for 225 and I have been fucking mess since. I, I Whatever I would try to do now would be so terrible. I can't even tell you. So I had a, hey, I had a, hey, I had a good day a month or so ago and now it's like gone. Yeah. Hey, Sir Rudy, it took him two minutes to give me a number. All I asked for was a number, Sir Rudy. It took max, him forever. I yeah. I mean, just a, give me a number. I'm not in high school. I don't max bench. But you're wearing a but you're wearing a vest with no sleeves. Okay. That's what kids in high school do. So come on. I again, who makes vests with sleeves? This is the third time this week that we've been on this topic. It's all right. Who wears vests with no sleeves? They make them for a reason because they want you to put something underneath. <laughs> You know who does it? Guys that work from home, that live at the beach. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, recruiting. Yeah. Now, it's a free-for-all now, which is good because it feels like nobody can get in trouble. Um, what do you think Brian's approach is going to be to hanging out in a state that he has really no history with? Um. So here's the way I look at it. Anytime you go to a new home or, or a new new city, what do you do? You get a realtor. Hey, show me the lay of the land. All right, show me where I need to be and where I need to, where I don't need to be. And you kind of talk to a couple of people you trust. It's no different in coaching. Yeah, okay. I've never been to Louisiana as far as in depth. They have recruited down in the state before. But if I'm BK and I haven't talked to him just yet, I'm assuming you're going to get your a, a couple of the best recruiters on that staff, Corey Raymond. Mickey Joseph, Kevin Falk, Brad Davis, guys that have been there, guys that can coach positions that you need, and you're going to get them, and you're going to have them take you around the state of Louisiana because your name, Brian Kelly. The one thing about Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley that's been good for USC and LSU, this has been on every sports channel in America. So right now, LSU and USC are getting all the buzz, whether it's good or bad. Like every kid in America wants to know what is it about the buzz? Why is a coach? that won 11 games, that, got, that has a chance to go to the playoff, why did he leave to go to the Red State? So the buzz is there. Now what Brian Kelly has to do is to go in and show off the shiny new toy. And if he gets the right realtor, i.e. the right assistant coaches, I think he'll be fine. Everyone is making a big deal out of this whole fit thing. Uh, Ryan, 
when Urban Meyer went to Gainesville, Florida, when, when he the first time Urban Meyer went to Swamps, you think he knew who to talk to down there? No. Okay. Nick Saban. The first time Nick Saban went to walk-ons, do you honestly think Nick Saban knew what a, a po' boy was? No. So what does that mean? That means when you win, you get the fit. When you coach the X and O's and you make the players better, yeah, you fit. All As a player, all I want my coach to do is, is this. Shoot me straight. All right. Prove to me he can make me better. And let's win, baby. That's, that's what he needs to do. Now, initially, again, he needs the realtor. Once he gets the realtor and shows people he knows what he's doing, it's, just, it, it's the Nick Saban model and the Urban Meyer model. I don't need to know about the place I'm going. I just need to show him that where I come from, I know what the hell I'm doing. And I think he can do that. Do they ask you to kick in as a rich alum when they do these deals? Well, a couple of things. Number one, I'm not rich. I am an alum. Uh, secondly, they did not ask um, as far as the money part. They did ask my opinion. So I was uh, privy on some level, um, which I will not uh, divulge as a part of this process. Um, and I'm ecstatic about it. Um, when you give a guy $100 million, uh, Rosillo, here's the thing. And I was discussing this earlier. If somebody calls you and says, hey, Ryan, I know you're out in Manhattan Beach and, you know, you're out there, you're sleepless vest, you're bench pressing, you're playing pickup ball with random dudes at the rec. Uh, but I got $100 million for you to come to Slovakia. And we want you to be the male model for this Russian Slovakian strip club. All right. We want you to come over here and do this. All right. Here's a prerequisite. You got to be buff. You got that taken care of. All right. Thank you you got to be bald to some, some, to some sort so you fit in. But you gonna, you're going to have to be naked in front of strangers for 300 days out of a year. But we're going to give you $100 million. You know what your ass is doing? You're getting on a plane and you're going to Slovakia and you're going to be naked 300 days a year. So when they give you $100 million, you take the money and you figure out everything else later, Rosillo. I don't, where is the Slovakian nude? Are we talking bottoms as well or just shirts off? No, no, this is not the, this is not the gold club where you put the little stars over the, over the, this is uh, full. This is the, right. this, this is, this is full, full nude. <laughs> That's what this is. What? Uh, how did this million. analogy, how did you come up with this analogy? <laughs> I think I'm more worried about that than any answer to this. Because everyone seems to wonder around America. Well, how could Brian Kelly leave his team on the precipice of the playoff? How could Lincoln Riley leave right after they lost at Bedlam? You know why they left? Because they gave Lincoln Riley $110 million in unlimited uh, private jet use. You know why Brian Kelly left? Because he gets to go to Baton Rouge where he's the only Power 5 school in the state that generally has 40 to 50, four to five-star kids in it every year. If you just get those, you're going to win. And they gave you $100 million. Oh, by the way, uh, they're going to give you the ability to bring your own staff, bring whoever you want. Oh, by the way, you can use the LSU jet. I don't know, whenever you want to use it. That's why you leave Notre Dame. And and Jack Swarbert, I love Jack. Jack is one of the most stand-up ADs in the country. But for Jack to stand up and say, yeah, I didn't really get any uh, heads up. Listen, Jack, all right? I know you love Saruti. If they offered you $100 million, you'd be sending Saruti a text message from Slovakia. Seriously. Yeah. No, I mean, hell, when I was, when I was done, I, I mean, I talked to Saruti about it, but I, I was well. Actually, I think I did. I think I did fill in Saruti. I was like, "Hey, just so you know, and you're here for me. I'm probably done." Um, let's talk a little ball then, while we have you before in front of the weekend here. Do you have any? Do you have any upset matchups here for conference championship Saturday? 
Um, well, let's just go through them all. Uh, let's start Cincinnati, Houston. I think Houston can win, but that's not an upset. Uh, I mean, Houston won 11 games in a row. Should have probably beat Texas Tech, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I think they can win. But again, I don't think that's an upset. Let's go to the Pac-12. Um, I guess it would be an upset the way that Oregon got, like, dump-trucked by Utah. But I think we all got to figure that game's going to be closer. Like, Mario Cristobal has got a lot of pride, even though, by the way, just a little little insight. I think if the University of Miami job does come open, uh, make sure you keep your eye on Mario Cristobal. I've gotten a little f- couple of feelers he won't say job. Um, as far as the SEC, um, Alabama has pride. Alabama has talent. Alabama has the best quarterback in America, Bryce Young. Yes, I said the best quarterback in America. He'll win the Heisman. And let's just paint a scenario, Rosillo, where he has his Heisman moment against that defense. And by Heisman moment, I mean they go out and put up 24. Would it be would it be a shock if Stetson Bennett went to bed? I don't know. Like I, I'm just like Stetson Bennett hadn't really had to do it against that level of competition yet. So would that be an upset? Yeah, because Georgia Georgia's defense has been the most dominant unit in the sport that we've seen in a long time. But Georgia's offense doesn't scare anybody. So I can see that game going either way. I think Michigan dump trucks Iowa. Uh, in the Big 12, is Gary Bohannon going to play for Baylor? If he does, uh, I think Baylor can uh, get a little revenge against Oklahoma State. So, And Notre Dame doesn't play. So when it's all said and done, if you ask me to bet some of that Manhattan Beach money, I say Georgia's one, Michigan's two. Um, I think Cincinnati wins three, and I think Baylor beats Oklahoma State, and then Notre Dame gets in at four. Then we have a scenario where who coaches Notre Dame in the playoffs? Um, I think that to me, that's the most intriguing thing because Notre Dame, Notre Dame wants a coach who, in my opinion, is going to be coaching Cincinnati. What is Notre Dame willing to do to get that coach? Are they willing to let their defensive coordinator, who wants to be the coach also, be the interim coach? As the AD has already said that the interim coach is not going to be considered for the full-time job. So, like, if you understand all the layers that's going into this playoff at the back end, to me, that's the most fascinating thing we can hope for um, come Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, that's the Cincinnati part. In a way, I want Cincinnati to get in for people to realize, like, look, it's stacked against the non-Power Fives, but if you're there at the end, then you're going to get in. And by the way, Cincinnati being competitive with Georgia and probably should have won that bowl game last year helps. It helps as a carryover. Now, if you're a Cincinnati person telling me, hey, they, they hung with Georgia, well, look, we're a year later. Georgia's a little bit different now uh, this season. By the way, who's your favorite defensive player? On Georgia, because I feel like Nicobe Dean is behind a couple of the other guys as far as no. love, and I love Dean. I, I love him. I like Dean. Uh, obviously, Jordan Davis. Everybody says just because he's the nose talking and he can he can move like a freak of nature. But t- to me, the guy that makes the whole show go is is Nicobe Dean. Like I think he him him being in the middle. Uh, Nolan Smith. Okay, he's a pro, but Dean is a guy that I see getting everybody. He's barking orders. Yeah. That guy's a pro. You know what he reminds me of? He, he reminds me of a of a younger version of, and he's not on that level, but go back and look at Devin White or Levante David when they were at Nebraska and LSU. Like the guys that could run, they weren't 240, 250, but they could run and hit and they didn't miss tackles. That's what he reminds me of. I just feel like he's in on everything. And, um, you know, I think Tyndall is somebody that always stands out every time I'm watching as well but i feel like dean is always like the third or fourth mention as far as a pro and 
I, I'll ask you because that's where you played. I mean, your your system was a little different, especially um, in the beginning for you because you were okay as an undersized, you know, essentially D-tackle, but you weren't over the center. Um, Jordan Davis, is is he a little too one to make? Because it's almost like, hey, Heisman, it's fun. He's huge. He can move. Look how sick of an athlete he is. Is he actually a little less versatile, though, as a pro prospect than maybe people talk about him? No, here's what I would say. Think oh, about okay. with Jordan Davis. Um, think, uh, obviously, he's like he's not fat. Uh, he's probably a little heavy to play every down, uh, but he'll get in better shape. I mean, he's 21, 20, 21 years old. Like, I mean, go back to when you were 20, 21. You didn't even have a cut on your body probably. Uh, so, yeah, he, he'll get better. Yeah, I know you love that one, didn't you? Uh, he, he'll get better. I think he is a, he is a, a version of a – Richard Seymour esque with a little more power. He is long. He is um uh who else? Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh the guy that plays for the Steelers, Stefan Tuitt. Like he's that big. So he he's gonna be a three-four guy. To me, he's a three-four end in that four eye that can lock out and just dominate and take up and take up one side of the football. That's what he is. Yeah, He'll be a top uh, ten pick in the in the draft, though I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't doubt it. Um, and and maybe maybe I'm wrong about it, but I guess I I feel like maybe he's one of those guys too. If you're going to play, I, you just don't see that many nose tackle guys, and you just don't see enough teams lining up. They're just loading the team with safeties anyway. So I don't know. Maybe it's a first and second down thing, or maybe some teams feel like system wise, this isn't really fit what we do anymore in the league. So um, he's more athletic something. than you think, though. Rosillo, like if you watch him run. Like, oh, I know that. I know that. Like, he, he can move. Yeah. All right. Um, any final thoughts before we get ready for this last weekend? Uh, yes. Uh, give me the feel out west from your perspective, since you're out there walking around shirtless. What has uh, what's the feel about uh, Lincoln Riley been? Home run. You know, the Pac 12, I do think things are very cyclical. I think Larry Scott did a uh, almost criminally bad job out here, and he had. As much to do with that is, I think, the lack of big guys. You know, the big guys, when you watch Pac-12 games, you're like, you know what? Where are all the big guys? Where are the big guys? And even the Big 12, you see more big guys in Big 12 games. You see Pac-12 games. So this whole area needed good news because Cristobal, I think, was the only one that actually, dis- as disappointing as the Utah loss is, it like a clear vision and higher-end talent. Like, I still think Oregon's more talented than Utah. I was not shocked by what happened there because of the way Utah had looked through different times this season. But it feels like a national, a Pac-12 brand amount of news that's like the first good news in the longest time. So um, maybe it doesn't work. We've all been surprised before, but there is nothing leading up to this point that tells you this wasn't anything but a great success. For a football program at SC that a lot of people tell you, like, they cut corners they're not all about football. It's hard to get all the people and the decision makers on the same page. They don't really want to spend the money that everybody else is spending. Um, and then they blasted that perception out of the water. So everybody out here is pumped about it. I, I would imagine the only person that isn't thrilled is my guy, Chip Kelly. So we'll see. Yeah. And he probably doesn't care, thing, actually. No, Chip doesn't care because Chip is Chip. And, you know, he just Chip does is, his thing. Right. Yeah, there's absolutely no question. Last thing I'll say is this uh, because I listened to the pod. Um, and I'll, I'll just ask the question like this. Does, does LeBron or do LeBron and the Lakers win a title in the next two years? Because I don't see a path based on Milwaukee getting younger, based on Milwaukee getting more experience, 
Uh, at some point, Kyrie's going to come to his senses. And you look at what Harden and Durant are doing. Steph, Clay's coming back. I mean, the Warriors look amazing. You got Phoenix. I don't see a path for a LeBron title in the next two to three years. And by that time, I think it's too late. Yeah, I mean, it might be too late in two years. I mean, this is now another time where he's down, but this isn't an injury. But we've now had a couple seasons here with some injury issues, um, which is normal because he's past this minute threshold that almost nobody is at. I hate doubting LeBron. I hate doubting him. AD's been a mess. Uh, I don't know why he's his shot selection is what it is. I know he's always a little softer than people wanted to be, but I've always defended him. But now he's not only settling, he's missing everything too, which can't be who he is. So I don't like doubting AD and LeBron. I hate doubting LeBron. But the rest of the roster doesn't make a ton of sense. I think Westbrook's a disastrous addition for them in a playoff series. Um, I know what he's capable of in regular season games. So I feel like even though I'm afraid of ever saying anything against those guys, you know, the window may have closed and we just don't want to admit it yet. But I still think to this point, the 20 plus games, because of how inconsistent the rotations have been and who's available, 25% of the season that we've already played, I can't look at this and then say this is how I'm evaluating the Lakers because much like the Warriors without Clay, I think a lot of what we've seen from the, the Lakers is pretty irrelevant. It just hasn't been great. Yeah, my, my only thing is, by the time it becomes relevant, they're going to be too far in the hole. Like, this whole idea that they can be the 6, 7, 8 seed, and all of a sudden LeBron can win anywhere, anytime. Like, I think that's done and over with. At some point, you have to take the path of least resistance by actually just waking up at your own home and driving to Staples Center and playing a game. So, um, either way, I'll end with this. Super Bowl is in L.A. Yeah. I'll be there. Um, we need to set an appointment up. Uh, you and I are going to bench and do a pod while benching. While I'm at the Super Bowl in LA, Duh, I want to no check problem. out this. I want to. Ch- I want to check out this whole pin theory. Uh, so, Saruti, well, however you have to do it, we're recording <laughs> a. We're recording a pod in LA during the Super Bowl. I get up early, so I'll be on East Coast time, so we can do it at like 4 a.m. It doesn't matter. All right, let's do it. Done. No problem. All right, just have your outfit ready because I I might do work boots and cutoffs and a vest again. Yeah, big guy. If you look at me, I'm shirtless right now, so I have no problem. (laughs) Thanks, Booger. Anytime, dude. This episode is supported by State Farm. So look, a little rock hit your dude's windshield on the highway. And at first you're like, what is that? I'm like, oh, it's just a little mark. Nope. Now by the end of the ride, it's a big crack. And it'd been a while. So I check out the State Farm app. I go, hey, this is what happened. And the funny thing is, is I was like, do I want to go app first or do I call old school guy? Probably should call. It's like, let's check out the app. Not only did it take a minute to get done, they set up the glass replacement. They told me the estimate ahead of time, said, do you want to go ahead with it? And I was like, now I understand it's all in front of me, all done. I didn't even have to talk to anybody. That's how efficient the insurance game has become. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, just like I did, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to somebody. The app was so good, I didn't even need to do that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. 
You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday. I'm still sleeping. I also like Ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Coming up on Saturday, December 18th in Tampa, Darren Williams and Frank Gore. Uh, it's the undercard of Jake Paul, Tommy Fury. It's going to be on Showtime pay-per-view and it all starts at nine Eastern and Darren joins us out. So, um, how did this all get started, man? G- give us the origin of, of you getting in the ring with Frank Gore. Uh, well, I was walking into target, uh, Nikisa Bedarian, who I hadn't talked to in about five years, who actually might've been like seven years, uh, since he was with the UFC kind of the last time I talked to him. Um, I knew he had got out of the fight game and he called me out of the blue and he was telling me, you know, he's what he was doing. And it's like, I got a Frank Gore is looking for an opponent and, you know, kind of gave me the rundown. I looked, looked at the calendar to see how many days I had and, <laughs> uh, called my business partner, safe Saud at, at Fortis MMA and, you know, decided why not? Let's do it. Okay. Um, had you ever trained, you know, in any in any kind of mixed martial arts or boxing? Had you done anything really other than, you know, d- prior to getting ready for this thing? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm part owner of Fortis MMA. Um, I've been training for, for a while. Um, I actually was um, preparing for a fight in February before, right before COVID uh, for an MMA fight. Um, and it, the guy ended up backing out um, kind of good because I had a torn tendon in my wrist. So tough to get through that. But, um, you know, I've been training for years. I've been training pretty consistent. Well, I was training pretty consistently up until, until COVID. Um, uh, and, you know, done a lot of, a lot of boxing, a lot of stand-up, a lot of jiu-jitsu. You know, my first sport was wrestling. I wrestled for nine years. So, um, you know, kind of history of combat sports. And I've always loved watching boxing, watching MMA. Um, you know, definitely a student of the game. Okay, so you uh, were you a tough kid then growing up? Wrestlers are always the toughest. You guys are brutal. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I was. Uh, you know, I won state twice in Texas, 67 pounds and 112 pounds, so, um, which I don't think is easy to do. Um, and, uh, you know, but basketball was my, my true love, you know, and I had to stop wrestling. Um, but, yeah, you know, kind of tough. <laughs> I remember, did you ever, did you ever, uh, cause I, you know, whenever we see like stuff that happens in NBA games, you know, like the Isaiah Stewart, LeBron thing. Right. And LeBron just straight up cheap shot at him. I mean, it's, it's not even debatable. And then Stewart looked like he wanted him, And then he wanted him more a little bit later on. Um, were you known Did guys in the league know that like, Hey, maybe, you know, you can't get as serious with Darren. I don't think so. And I didn't really give off that vibe. I, I, was, you never didn't. A, I was never a shit talker. And, I mean, I've, I've been around a lot of, a lot of fighters and, you know, I know a lot of, I've known a lot of UFC guys for a lot of years and most of them are the most humblest, you know, guys you ever be around. Um, I don't know if that's a word, but they are, they're humble. They don't really have to act tough because they know they're tough. And, um, 
I just knew guys weren't really trying to fight in the NBA for the most part. I mean, why would you? I'm not trying to lose money. And so there was no reason to even pretend, you know, I'm trying to say I'm trying to play in the next game. I'm not trying to be suspended and, and miss games and miss money. So, <laughs> all right. What's the training been like for you for this one? It's been fun. It's been tough. <laughs> it's different. You know, it's a, it's a different grind. You know, it's just you by yourself. Uh, for the most part, you know, when you're doing rounds, uh, you know, when you're doing conditioning, a lot of, lot of lonely work, a lot of lonely work. Unlike, you know, pl- playing a team sport where you get guys picking you up and, you know, you're, you're maybe not feeling your best. You're not feeling 100%. You got some guys you can pass the ball to and they can get it done. It's not, it's not like that with, with boxing. And so, um, you know, it's been a grind, but I, I've been enjoying it. You know, it's, uh, I think mentally it's something I need uh, you know, it's something I got just, like I just needed to compete in something. And, you know, this gave me a kind of a reason to do it. Do you have any understanding of where Frank Gore is as a fighter? Uh, I mean, I know he's trained for, for some years and, um, I know he, he loves it. Uh, uh, he's an explosive athlete. One of the, one of the most durable, if not the most durable running backs of all time. So I know he's going to be tough. Uh, I know he's going to work hard. You know, he's always been known as, a, as one of the hardest workers in the room. So, you know, definitely expecting that. So I'm more worried about me, you know, just getting into physical shape uh, and, uh, you know, coming ready. Is there, I don't know. I, I mean, I know the answer to this already. Um, whatever that anxiousness is, I doubt it's fear. But what's the mindset like for you going to be like you know 48 hours 24 hours out waking up that day like how, how do you how do you think you're going to feel well this is my first time doing it so everything's kind of a it's a you know it's a feeling out process it's learning you know, the, the good thing about it is i got i mean we have at our gym we have you know about 15 ufc fighters um guys that have done muay thai fights and boxing match all types of stuff so I've been leaning on them and getting their opinion and talking to them about preparation. And, um, you know, so I'm getting a little understanding of, of I think, what it's going to be like. And, of course, there's going to be nerves. I get nervous for a basketball game, so I'm damn sure going to get nervous to go in there and potentially, you know, wake up wondering what the hell just happened. So, um, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some nerves. I'm sure that you, from, what, from what I understand is most guys are nervous up until that bell rings. Or the first time they get hit, and then it's like, oh, there we are. Have you knocked anyone out in training? Um, no, I haven't knocked anybody out. I don't know that that's a thing that has to happen. I, I'd imagine you're you're just trying to get your rounds in, right? You're not pretty, you know, live rounds, you know. Uh, so that you get you get touched. You know, we're training with for the most part, you know, sixteen ounce gloves, so it's a little different. Yeah, I mean, actually, like defense-wise, you can kind of get used to it, right, with the bigger gloves and feeling like it's absorbing a lot of the stuff. And then once you get in there, it's like, okay, wait a minute, that got to adjust a little bit. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, you definitely get a – you have some big pillows that you're hiding behind. So, uh, you know, you got to be – you know, you got to be conscious of that, knowing that 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 six ounces six ounces of each glove, you know, that, that takes away a little bit of, of that, that cushions, you know – a little bit different and but at the same time you know same thing for him you know he he's got the same same things to worry about 
do you know Frank at all? Did you know anything about him? Because I watched some of the videos. You guys just kind of staring each other down, and that's about it, right? Well, that was my first time meeting him. We're about the same age, so I, I was always a fan of, of his work. You know, he was phenomenal, you know, especially when he was in, in San Fran. Um, you know, he was a beast, and I uh, definitely watched him. You know, one of those guys watch, even if not a, you know, I wasn't a fan of from one of my teams, but he was just a one of those guys that seemed like a good guy, and and you you root for. Do you miss hoops now? It's been what four four years for you now. Yeah, definitely, definitely, um, definitely miss it. Miss miss being out there, miss competing. Um, you know, felt like I felt like I, I definitely left a little too early, but you know, it's a little too late to go back now. So, um, you know, there's there's no. Um, there's no way to do anything about that. You gotta live with the decisions you make, and I uh, definitely missed it, though. Well, at the end, I, the last year in Cleveland, what seventeen? I know, you know, health probably played as big of an issue into the whole factoring of of what you did anyway. But was there? Do mean did you feel like you could still stick around though if you wanted to, or were you just frustrated? Um, there was a lot of things, you know, um, that played a played a part in in me not not playing anymore. Um, yeah, I didn't really love. I didn't love the role that I w- was in that. And it wasn't even the role that I was in. It was just that I was kind of, I wasn't used to that role and I was kind of thrown in the last half of the season and tried to adjust. And it, it worked well for, you know, at times, but um, it wasn't just, it wasn't a lot of fun uh, at times. And so, um, you know, that was part of it, but then health was, was a big issue for me. It's just like, it's just frustrating because I, I felt like I was just so injury prone, you know, it just little nagging injuries at all times. I felt like I, I felt like I couldn't take another season of, you know, getting hurt. I felt like I couldn't make it through another season without getting hurt, and I just didn't know if I could take that. You know, it was mentally kept taking a lot out of me because I just felt like I could never, never get back to myself. Do you watch your league pass, or are you not any interest? I watch, you know, when they come on. I'm not watching every game. Um, I got kids. And- I got, you know, I'm always doing stuff. So uh, it's tough for me to watch a bunch of games. But yeah, I tune in here and there and I watch highlights and stuff like that. You've always been attached to the Chris Paul part of the story. You guys come in together head to head. Um, what's it like for you watching him do this still? Man, it's crazy. Um, it's incredible. You know, I talked to him. He called me as soon as, as soon as uh, he was one of the first calls I took and we talked. And yeah, man, he's. He, He's doing his thing out there. It's it's impressive to see. Um, you know, I talked about it a while ago. I think at the press conference where I said I was jealous. You know, I'm jealous that he's out there at his age. You know, still doing what he was doing at you know at, at 28. They're on an 18 win streak right now. Yeah, man, he's uh, he's defying time. He's 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 playing as 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 well as any point guard in the league, and um, you know, doing an even better job of leading that team. I know I interviewed you a long time ago. Um, I doubt you'd remember it back at ESPN. And, you know, that was kind of when it was at its its peak of you or it's like you had to you had to say who you were aligned with, you or Chris Paul. Did you if I ask you if you thought you were better than him, I think you're gonna say yes, because that's what guys do. But how much of that did you care about, pay attention to the the you versus Chris Paul stuff at your peak? I mean, it was hard not to pay attention to it because it was just the narrative that was pushed so hard. Um uh, I don't think it was like I wanted to be the best I could be. I, 
best point guard in the league regardless. I think that most most guys feel that way. Um, and so, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm trying to be better than Chris Paul. Um, but I was trying to, you know, lead my team the best way I can, win as many games as I can, and hope, hoping that would take care of itself. Um, but it wasn't something I woke up every day like, oh, I got to be better than Chris Paul. Yeah. No, you're right. And that would be a waste. That would be um... – I, I forget where you were on recently, though, and you, you talked about the exit from Utah because you always, you know, look, um, you got crushed, you know, like people crushed you after that. And your explanation of it was was, I think, the first time that I'd heard a version of it where it was like, look, I may not have been always the easiest to deal with, but they just decided, like, we're moving on. Can we revisit that? Because I, I just thought it was like it was kind of you. You know, you don't talk a lot. You're, you've always been a guy that's a little bit more buttoned up. And then when you told your version of the story, I was like, oh, shit, I'd never heard it this way before. Yeah, I mean, that, honestly, that, that took a lot out of me mentally um, when that happened in, in the media coverage and the, the backlash I got. Um, uh, you know, it, 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 it fucked me up a little bit. Um, it took, took, took me a while to get, get past that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it was what it was, you know. Um, like I said, I, I wasn't deal with the times I was so damn competitive so I just wanted to win and sometimes like I felt like you know if things weren't going the way I thought they should be going kind of acted out you know and I was young stupid I uh, could have handled things a lot differently than I than I did um, and as a result of that you know what what transpired transpired and so um, I'm glad that I'm glad that I was able to talk to Coach Sloan you know, um, before he passed and was able to, to apologize, um, you know, say what I need to say. And he was able to get some things off his chest as well. And so, you know, I'm definitely, definitely glad I, I got to, um, I got to experience that. Did you, you know, going through it, like, I'm always trying to figure that out. Like, it's so easy for us to assume like, Oh, who cares money? I'm good at basketball. Like it's, it's cool. But when it's a daily thing where you're just being trashed, like how does that wear on you? Oh, it does. I mean, especially when you, you know, someone like me, I've, you know, I've suffered from depression my whole life and runs in my family. And so, um, you know, it, it was definitely tough. And then going to New York and dealing with my injuries there, um, and, and it was tough. And I even got a little bit of blame when Avery, when Avery Johnson was let go. Um, because of some comments that I made that I, I just, sometimes I just speak the truth and I, I guess that people don't like that. Um, they asked me, they asked me like my best, when my best years were in Utah or Brooklyn. And I said, of Utah was a, and it's not a, not a, not a no brainer. If you look at everything to that point, that was the truth. And somehow that came off as me bashing, you know, coach Johnson. And then, um, he got let go and called as well. So at that point, I just, I just, my, and there was a lot of stories in New York that kind of just came out of nowhere and a lot of them were not even true. And I just, I just lost a lot of trust in the media and stopped. I didn't even like to talk to media. And so I would be really rude, really brash, really became really protected. And I would just whatever I had to do to protect myself and my way into that was being an asshole. And yeah, I mean that was the word. They'd be like, Yeah, he's he's an asshole. And then it was <laughs> Well, I was a, I was 
I didn't. I wasn't in a good place. Let's <laughs> just say that for a lot of a lot of my career, and so I've done a lot of work since being out of the NBA. I think I think um, mentally that's a, a, a big reason why I didn't play anymore. It was just I just I needed a break mentally um, to reassess life. So um, I think it's it's actually been good, and I've been a lot happier. Well, hey man, good luck. Uh, I'm looking forward to this, Frank Gore. It's the 18th showtime, and uh, Darren Williams spent some time with us. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. You know what I hate, hate, is after lunch, there's all this time before dinner. I hate it. So I'm always like, do I do this? It's like, you should. Gain season? Throw in a little... Something extra, an appetizer that just starts hours before dinner. It just gets so frustrating when there aren't great options. That's where Arby's new two for $5 chicken wraps come in. Available in your choice of ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for that afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Food buddies. Arby's two for $5 chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead. On the Arby's app. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. You want details? Bye. I drive a Ferrari, 355 Cabriolet. What's up? I have a ridiculous house in the South Fork. I have every toy you can possibly imagine. And best of all, kids, I am liquid. So, now you know what's possible. Let me tell you what's required. Before we get to life advice, again, lifeadvicerr at gmail.com, um, we're going to just kick it around with the guys because we're not going to be doing any previously on Yellowstone. We're not going to be doing any of that because um, Prestige TV, Chris Ryan and I do Yellowstone episodes almost every week. So we'll be doing that. Um, but I know they're doing succession stuff too. Um, are you guys Are you guys all the way in? You're all caught up where we're at right now? Yeah. Yeah. Watch Kyle, the night. Kyle, thoughts? Um, are you, well, you were talking earlier and you were just like, I don't know what this is anymore. And I'm kind of squarely in that, in that. Uh, group where I don't know what I'm watching anymore. I mean, I've been trying to get my parents to to watch it, and I'm just like, it's just dialogue. And I actually it makes me feel like I'm smart when I'm just like, it's just a dialogue. You'll never find anything like it. So um, I actually feel smart saying it now. Just good dialogue. What can you do? Yeah, I don't know that I can ever think of a show that is just people talking the way this season has has gone. And I thought it was a little slow, um, which is fine. I don't mind slow. Like I, I like kind of slow builds. Uh, I don't I don't need everything to be a car chase, you know, five minutes in to everything. But that last episode for Kendall's party was I love that episode. Like I'm watching I'm halfway through it again and I don't even know why I like it so much. It's just so weird to me that I could be because the storyline is kind of stalled. But there's just these scenes in this. Like you said, this diet, like, like there's never really been a show that I can think of that is carried this way. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if I'm just all in the bag for succession that I can't even point out times where I shouldn't be. I don't know. It's in my head and I love it. 
I- I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that it's like a transition period in the show, which it clearly is. I think, you know, what the beginning of the season was billed as like Kendall versus Logan. And now the Kendall stuff is obviously losing a ton of steam as the case seems to be done. Although maybe they're like setting you up for like, actually, it's back. Who knows? Like maybe there's some, you know, the DOJ is going to come in and everyone thinks they're safe. Like, you know, spoiler alert, but Tom thinks he's not going to jail, which was incredible when he goes into Greg's office and starts fucking shit up. Um, but yeah, I, I think the only thing I can think of is that it's, it's leading towards like the political campaign stuff. And that guy who I, I forget his name, like the younger dude who like Shiv Mansick, who, yeah, something like is that. Is that what he, it is? Yeah. The candidate. Yeah. And he's just a complete shithead. Um, and Shiv hates him, but obviously Logan loves him. And I, that actually isn't, I, I think that could be a really fun lane to go down. So that's what I assume they're setting up for. But this, this, like this Kendall episode is just kind of like a one-off to show how depressed he is. It was funny that it seemed like Kendall falling on the ground was the absolute most action that has happened this season. Like when he hits the ground and like trips by like a playful Roman shove, I was like, holy shit, is something going to happen? And then nothing happened. He just kind of slunk out of there. But I mean, when you in terms of like action, it's really not much in the show, period. Yeah, I love the party. I thought it was I thought it was hilarious, kind of the way that it was set up um, and that if you look at the scenes from next episodes, which usually I don't like to do, but with them, I'm just kind of, I, I want any of it that I can get. So it's pretty clear that the deal that he pulls off with the tech guy, like he, it didn't go as smoothly as, uh, as Roman thought it did. And you know, all this kind of stuff, but, um, Greg and Tom, Greg and Tom, Greg and Tom. And you're right. Like, I don't know, are they really going to just do this where they're setting us up for Tom potentially going to jail again, which would be weird. Cause you can't really take him out of the show. Like, is this, no. this going to be Tom? I would love Tom in jail scenes <laughs> and then people going to visit him. That would be incredible. Greg stopping by with a sub for him or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I know we always joke about spinoffs for everything, but I mean, Greg and Tom could have a spinoff and I could I'd watch every second of it. No one else would have to talk. Just those guys talking, whatever they're talking. So I did ask somebody with the show Nicholas Braun, who plays Greg, because now I'm doing a really annoying thing where if Greg has a line, I try to not predict necessarily, but like I think of five other lines that he could have had that are Greg style lines. <laughs> and um, I asked somebody with the show about it. I said, what's what's his story? Like, how much of is it an improvisation? You know, what do you do there? And he was like, uh, maybe 20 percent. And the analogy the person used was unbelievable. This is so good. So I, I don't think it's wrong that I'm, I'm not saying who it is, but I'm, I'm sharing it. It's like, um, it's like a, sh- a hitch in his shot, a hitch in his shot. If you were a shooter, a basketball player, and it goes in every single time. And I was like, God, that's brilliant. That's a brilliant way to describe his, his cadence, his delivery. And then just, the, the number of times where he says something and the way he does it, I don't know. It's it's just so weird. I can't I can't think of somebody like it's not just that he's funny because he is, but it's not like he's trying to be funny. He's just so different. And I I don't know. I love him. He's I, I agree. I was outside Frolic Room talking to this guy yesterday and I did the if it's, it's to be said, then so I, I mean, I bungled it. But like I, I said, the guy was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> So you didn't see Succession? He's like, yeah, but I don't know what you're talking about. All right, we'll just pretend I never said it. But now I I say his weird shit in real life sometimes. Yeah. Um, good job, Greg. That's that's pretty good. The guy didn't know what you were talking about. No. 
I know. I was Googling the other day, Greg Line's succession, because I just wanted I just wanted stuff from him. Um and you know, I don't know. We'll we'll uh we'll see. I guess we're done here. I guess fire up for Greg going on a date though. That's uh good for him. You know, he needs I think he needs uh oh, yeah. a de stressor in his life. And uh it seems like a fun time. Even if it's like kind of a pity date because he she well, it was a Kendall basically. She she basically only accepted the date because Kendall said he she wouldn't, right? So Yes, I didn't. I didn't love the girl he was so like attracted to. I just didn't. I didn't see it. Um, definitely a big little hype mismatch there. He's got like two feet on her, so that's a little weird. Yeah, she's always looking at her phone, and I don't know. She's kind of like monotone, and she doesn't. She doesn't seem like Greg's type. But what is Greg's type? I don't know. (laughs) I think Greg is like whoever's available. I'm interested. Right. Well, she's not my (laughs) type. That's all I'm saying. If it is to be said, so be it. So it is. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, so it is. That's what I messed so up. So it is. Ah, print shirts. I let. I'll tell you this about Greg, though. He's not afraid. You know, he'll no. ask. He'll ask somebody out. He's not. He's not going to worry that he's the the least liquid of any of the Roy clan. That he's been cut off. That Greenpeace has all his money. He'll just show right up to a party and go. I'm asking her out. When he was buying the watch in one of the earlier episodes this season. <laughs> He says something about like, I have something. He says something about his wrists that they're either like, I have weak wrists or I've always, I've always been ashamed of my wrists or something. (laughs) And he's like shaking the watch around and he has this stupid smile on his face. He's, I I don't know. I, I, there's nothing else I can add to it because I, I'm just sitting here fawning over him. So there you go. We good. I'm just going to life advice now. Yeah. (laughs) life advice i like a tv character way too much and talk about him for eight minutes on the show all right uh a couple things here your chicken thigh takes sucks (laughs) okay i'm sure you get a million messages saying the same they're tastier and juicier but you're entitled to be wrong still a fan it's from andrew still a fan i appreciate you fighting through (laughs) i hate your chicken takes but i'm not gonna quit the pod thanks you know i listen to the pod three times a week for the last few years but your chicken thigh thing. I'm out. That's what I always used to love that. Like when you get like feedback on the radio show, be like I listen to you every day for eight years, but in the last drop. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, you've not, do you even watch the jets? <laughs> no, you just go like, um, not really actually not a ton, not start to finish much. Uh, I am so tired of hearing from jets fans. They've now replaced the bears through. It's like, Look how bad we have it. The Jets just, it's no one, like, you guys, at least the Bears have done good things. Right. You know, the Jets are like, I, I don't know. I don't Punching really, bags. Yeah, like, I, yeah, it <laughs> sucks. They're not good, and that's your team. That's yeah. it. That's, yeah. that's how it works. All right. Um, this one sucks. Our guy checks in 5'10", 150, decent shape. The other day I was sitting with my girlfriend on the couch and she wanted to show me something on her phone. When she Googled whatever she wanted to know or to show me, one of the suggested results from a previously viewed website included the words relationship doubts. <laughs> I didn't see more than those two words and haven't asked about it because honestly, I don't know if I want to know. We've been together for just over six months. It's been the healthiest relationship both she and I have had. On one hand, I could see myself marrying her in a couple of years. On the other hand, I've dated around enough to know that if this didn't work out, I could find someone else. <laughs> our guy, yeah, Good our guy's you. like, yeah, he's cool with it. 
I figure if these doubts are real and persistent, the relationship will end regardless of whether I ask her about the Chrome suggestion. If they are fleeting, I don't need to worry about it anyway. Because of this, I don't really plan on asking her about it, though I know it'll stick with me a little bit. Am I being a coward? Um, I think coward's a little harsh. I get it. Like, you don't, you know how, like, you could be in a relationship and it could be really weird where you know it's not working out, but you just would rather be in it. And so you don't want to rock the boat. You don't want to have anything that leads to that moment where the person can now get out. And that's just an awful thing to be in, though. Like saying that out loud and going, hey, I'm in this relationship where I don't want to press the other person because I know that they're going to dump me at some point. Like you can't live that way, right? I mean, just constantly on eggshells the whole time. You can't do that. But I do think that your perspective on it's pretty interesting that you're like, if it's fleeting, then it might be better not asking her about it, right? Like if the relationship is good and you're still going six months or whatever, it it could have been a, a fleeting thing. I mean, I, I got to tell you though, like what would you, the results be? Like, would you be on the fence? Like Kyle, would you be on the fence and Google relationship doubts and then read for 10 minutes and go, all right, I'm out of this now. Like I could probably guess every single thing that relationship d- doubt page would say, right? Yeah. It would be more of a WebMD situation if I'm trusting Google Chrome on something like that. Not, not necessarily, uh, doubts and i just looked up um unfortunately if you type in relationship doubts doesn't like populate next and it's not even on the first page so she probably did google it up and i went on google chrome right yeah that's what we're, that's what we're using even even you type in relationship d it's definition mm. dynamics deal breakers deal breakers Take. development and development intervention but no doubts so that was a full a full type out sorry uh, here, all right, here, here we go. We got Gary here. He's a doctor. This is back in April 2021. Um, the relationship imposter phenomenon occurs when someone feels insecure, phony, or worries that the relationship is a fraud. Ooh, that sucks. Do you have a good relationship? You can't help but wonder, should my relationship be better? Should I be happier? All right, I'm not going to read this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all, all this. Yeah, I, I kind of like, I, normally, I think we've always say, just address it, you know, take it head on. But I kind of like, again, I think coward is way too strong here. I think you're almost giving her a chance to get through whatever it is she's working through on her own. And I don't know, she could have also been talking to somebody else who wants to break up with her boyfriend. She's like, hold on. Just doing some research for somebody else. (laughs) I just really agree with his outlook. I think that's good. I think if he's like, well, if this all falls apart, I definitely will be okay. And uh, boy, I hope this isn't, uh, I hope she's not really reading into the relationship doubts thing too much. And then just, you know, continue to be you. Maybe just make sure the dishwasher gets run. Maybe that'll help things or, (laughs) you know, just be the best you. But don't, don't, you know, don't freak out. See, I was going to play it the opposite way. I think you could take more risks now because if you think that she's heading towards this being over, And you're maybe in that, what do you say, six months? You're still kind of in that like honeymoon. It's not really the honeymoon period, but like you're probably still faking it a little bit, right? Where you're still trying to be the best version of you. You can kind of just (laughs) let it all hang out. And then if it goes wrong, then you're like, well, it's going to end anyway. And if it doesn't, and you guys end up becoming closer and ends up working out, then, you know, the relationship is probably better for it. So I actually think you start taking some more risks. (laughs) That's an amazing way to look at it, too. Just like when you said risks, I didn't know that's what you're talking about. You're just saying being you. I thought you were like being kind of cold and calculated, be like, dude, take that trip for a a week and a half. Well, yeah, with your buddy, like just go, man. Why not? Even though see what she says, she breaks up with you, then it was probably going to end anyway. And she's like, yeah, for some money. (laughs) See if she's got any money. (laughs) All right, uh, we'll do another one here. 
Something that I thought might interest you guys happened to me earlier this week. All right. Um, me and my long-term girlfriend two years of two years broke up about three weeks ago. I broke up with her, though we aren't seeing eye to eye on certain topics. We were about to move in together, so I pulled the trigger on the whole thing. Now I took my three weeks to grieve, in all honesty, probably not long enough. Then I downloaded an app, not Tinder, but a more sexually positive one, one that I didn't even know existed until I downloaded it. Any guesses on what that one would be, guys? It's not my scene. Sex positive? So does that mean like more sex than Tinder? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess so. Right? What's this? Is what's, it like? Is it like one that's got like no users and it's just a startup? What's the most sexually active app? Blanks, because all everybody, uh, I'm, everybody on this pod is in a healthy relationship. Yeah, I, I mean, oh, I'll say it. That's okay. Uh, I thought Tinder was, and then there's some. Um, there's some other ones out there, but I thought Tinder was. Meat Shield? Is that one? <laughs> that How one? is meat spelled? <laughs> I'm kidding. I made that one question. Up. Oh, okay. Um, uh, are you on Meat Shield? <laughs> there's a lot of these I haven't heard of. I just Googled it. There's uh, HUD, Tinder, Pure, Hornet, OKCupid, oh. I've heard of. Field? That sounds pretty sexual. F E E L D. Um, oh wow! It's yeah, just that, that way. That's. I mean, that might be the one. That's why I asked how meat was spelled. You know what I mean? <laughs> this, this field is spelled. Uh, it's just pictures well. of Field Yates. <laughs> yeah, I would check out that website with his yeah. shirt off. He's just. Yeah. He's like, hey, I would. Yeah, I don't know who to start with. Uh, with Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so he's on an app, sex app. I'm very much uh, so not usually into an app like this, but I thought, what the hell, right? I'm single. I swipe for a while, but everyone is pretty beat, to be quite honest, except one girl. <laughs> nice outlook, um, which I swipe right on. I check back the app a week later and me and one girl, Matt, she's 34. I'm 25, but you could tell, but she could tell you she was 26. And you believe it. She's hot and good shape. Tattoos, soft smile. Remember, soft smile will be important down the road. So I set up a date during the week to, a little cool restaurant that me and my ex had been to once before and loved it. Yes, I made the rookie move of booking that place. Me and my ex had been to and liked for a 34-year-old woman I just met on a sex app and me. Date night rolls around. I'm already having second thoughts about this. I don't know if I'm ready. Why did I do this to myself? But there are worse problems in the world than having to go on a date with an attractive woman. I like that. Yeah. All right. So I show up a little late due to stomach complications. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> She's not there. I'm only five minutes late. So I sit down at her table. My stomach starts acting up again. I go to the bathroom. I'm in there for 10 minutes before I come out. When I open the door, I see my date at the table. I stop and watch her talk to the waitress, but something's off. She's not a catfish, but she is. She's really good at angles, I guess. And that soft smile <laughs> is because her smile is 90% gum. Something I'm not about. Um, something uh, I'm not about it. Some guys look past this, but not me. Yeah, some guys with the big gum line thing just freaks them out. Uh, to make matters worse, I can't book it out of there. My jacket's on the back of the chair. Oh, it gets better. I see my ex's cousin, who she lives with and is a very judgy model, walking directly towards me to use the bathroom, I hope. Um, I'm stuck. The cousin walks up to me, says hi. I say I was there with some friends with her waiting outside. Mentioned nothing about the date. She leaves to go to the bathroom. In that moment, I have a decision to make. I decide to forego my jacket and hopefully pick it up the next day. I follow behind a waiter through the kitchen, out the back, delete the app, block the quasi-catfish. I'd love to hear Kyle's thoughts or Ryan's on if I move too quick and Steve's reasoning why I show up to the date's house with a boom box and ask her to marry me. Ooh. All right. 
Okay. Oh, wow. So there was no there was no advice in that one. Um, but maybe just it was a, it was a way for this guy's just didn't give a shit at all. Didn't care. Would you do that, Kyle? No, I would have wrote it out. I and I've written out catfish quasi catfishes before. It's just like, well, the angles were good there. Have you ever catfished you. anyone? I don't know. Nobody told me I have. <laughs> I like, you know what I'm saying? I maybe quasi, but I mean, you know, anything that you see is just stuff that I put up there. So I don't know. Um, but I don't know. I would have done it, and I've done it before. I've been in the situation. It's like, wow, <laughs> wow. All right, <laughs> let's do this. Let's power through. We're at least we're at least gonna sit here for the bill. You know what I mean? We'll at least we'll at least have the dinner. I will say the idea of Kyle using like Facetune to catfish people is an entertaining idea, but uh, yeah, I love not. that idea. Probably yeah. not not a thing that's gonna be gonna be done. Um, I just kind of respect the guys. I, he he knew it was over. He didn't want to be embarrassed. Um, and he just got out of there. And honestly, it's kind of no harm, no foul because you never really actually met this girl. And I'm sure her life will go on being just fine. You met on the uh, dating app, so who cares? I mean, you know, it's 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 a tough thing to do, but you did it, and you, you both move on. You're cold, man. You're cold. No, I, I think I just, it's pretty. I think it's pretty tough. I mean, I know everybody thinks that I would do this in a second. I definitely would have when I was younger. I, but, um, I mean, I wouldn't be on an app now anyway. So it's a but there are really book. no repercussions from him. What's he's never? And I know it's that's cold, why you're cold. But he made that's the why you're cold. he made the decision in the time he's never met her. She clearly he thinks that she duped him, and he was like, I don't, I don't need to deal with this. So, yeah, but think I about it. Done There's, it. His jacket is on the chair. A guy brought them to that table. He's been sitting there the whole time. And then he's got the stomach issues on top of everything else. Um, so she knows that somebody was there, left his jacket, and then disappeared. So is she going to put all that together? Like there's a 50-50 chance she puts it together and realizes, wait, this guy must have seen me. And then he left and snuck out. Mm, but good. if you've got stomach issues, you got stomach issues. And, you know. That part, you kind of got to give him a little bit more of a pass because you're combining all that stuff in. But let's face it, if, if she were more attractive, he would have gotten through, you know, maybe a little little beam and ginger, you know, something to settle the old stomach. Um, I don't know. Yeah it's, cool. yeah, it's cool. You don't have to lie either. You could be like, yeah, I said stomach problems and I bounced. And you could tell her that. And then if she asked you to hang out again, you just say, you know, actually, I, I had second thoughts. But he not blocked really her, right? He blocked her and deleted the thing. So there's nothing. It's not even like he could have been like, I, I just feel like absolute garbage. And, right. you know, even said like, hey, man, I was just in the bathroom for 15 minutes before you even got here. This just isn't going to happen for me right now. I'm sorry. None of that. He blocked, deleted, you know, whatever. Maybe they even went, moved over to phone numbers. And that sounds like it's blocked, too. So it's just... um I don't know. I just got to say I'm a little disappointed and you might even have a better story if you continued with it. I don't know. I would have definitely stuck it out. When he says all gums, he doesn't mean she has no teeth. It just means that she has large <laughs> gums, right? No, she... Because the no teeth, maybe I might that might affect my decision making a little bit. She had bit. teeth. I think it's safe <laughs> to say that she had teeth. I, I think what okay. we're talking about here is an exposed <laughs> gum line that got it. some people, the way their smiles crank, you can get a healthy dose of gum yeah. in there. Right. And, no, I get it. Um, some people just can't can't rock with that at all. I know? didn't realize you can get that fixed. I don't know if you guys knew that. I had no idea. Wait, shave it down? I think they they basically like somehow remove that high line of your gum and like your teeth get moved up. It's it's crazy. I saw it on Instagram. Oh, that sounds crazy. No it's big deal. Bad. So it's too bad he blocked the contact. He I know. Could have heard this podcast and given her a heads up. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Uh, uh, one more, one more. A lot of, a lot of breakups today, folks. A lot of breakups. So let's do one more. Um, six four two thirty five. All right, big dude. Kind of long. I met a woman forty one off a dating app. I'm thirty nine. We plan to meet up for our first date. I live in Texas. This is relevant because cold weather is very uncommon here. That night it was sixty. I ended up wearing a nice hoodie. I just bought it for um, the first time. Being my height and having long arms, it's hard to find good quality hoodies that fit. When I see her, she's wearing a dress, just a dress. Nothing off of that since we'll be eating inside. But after we finished, there was a noticeable drop in temperature. Being the nice guy that I am, I gave her my hoodie to wear. She keeps it on when we say goodnight. We went on two dates after. Sometime after the third date, she let me know, um, hey, we should just be friends. No hard feelings. Knowing that, I say we should get coffee, thinking this is a good way to get my hoodie back. When she called to confirm, I said, hey, don't forget to get my hoodie, which she replies, I knew what this is about. Of course, I deny it. She tells me that she wasn't at home to get it. Fine. While at coffee shop, I bring up the hoodie. She looks offended and reminds me I said she could keep it. What I actually said was, I don't mind her wearing it. She tells me she doesn't want to talk about it anymore. We finish coffee and leave. Question, how should I go about getting my hoodie back? Um, I don't think you're getting it back, dude. Uh, yeah. now the fact that she doesn't want to see you, but wants to keep your hoodie is lame. Like she's, and I, I'm, I'm assuming she's just remembering it wrong. I remember one time, it was a long time ago, but I had a, like a UVM lacrosse shirt for my roommate and it was like a sick shirt. It was, you know, it was one of those things that in the nineties you would kill somebody for. And this girl was like, I'm stealing this. And I was like, well, can you not steal it? She's like, well, I want this. She said she'd gone to some other school. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't really love that idea. Can you not just steal my, my hoodie or my, my long sleeve car shirt that I'm never going to be able to get another one of? She's like, no, I just love it. It's good. And it, she was just so aggressive about it um, that you kind of were like, all right, you know, and I don't know why I was so passive about it because I was annoyed and I didn't really even like her anyway. And I don't think I ever saw her again. But um, people can like the, the, the clothing thing. I think there was a pact that the women made, I don't know how many years ago it was, maybe 50 years ago, where they were just like, hey, take their hats, take their awesome shorts, take <laughs> their hoodies, take their zip-ups, and never relent. Never relent. Never. Because imagine if I were like to a woman that I was dating and was like, oh, this blouse, I'm taking this. <laughs> I'm just taking this. Oh my God, those jeans, those are great. I'm taking them. <laughs> <laughs> so... Men have been losing this battle for, for a long Never. time. Um, and I think she's lame that, you know, honestly, dude, if you like the hoodie that much and your body's so difficult, just buy another hoodie. Put the whole thing to bed. Like you had to go on a third, fourth date with her and you don't even seem to care about that part at all. And you were going to meet up with her again. You're going to get coffee again to go get the hoodie. Like she doesn't want to give it back to you. And I mean, I guess you could show up to her house, but then it starts getting like really fucking awkward. Um, and it's what if it was a John Elliott it. hoodie, though? If it's a John Elliott hoodie, I'd break into her house. Yeah, I'm going to say, I mean, yeah. maybe it's, like, the guy's <laughs> super pumped about this hoodie. Like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I get why he's mad. This is a mad. sad one. This is a sad, because I think we're all thinking about all the cool stuff we've all lost. I think everybody, probably everybody listening to is just like, man, I just, I remember my shortest one, my shortest little relationship that was like a full summer. She was so hot. She's like a model. And she like model wear. Whoa. Um, like a model for hire, I guess. I don't know. She's like a aspiring you know, model. On Instagram. <laughs> yeah, aspiring model is a great way to put it. Okay. Great way to put it. All right. You know, um, she spends like, you know, weekends in New York City and then does like a photo dump of like a brand you never heard of that's like, you know, right. 
whatever, but she's got a 15% off discount code, whatever. Anyway, she, so anyway, she's very active on Instagram and we'd had like a summer. It was great. And then, uh, I left for school and she had so much of my stuff. And then I start to see it in her like modeling things, her aspiring model things. And so I'm looking at all my jackets at a great Orlando magic, um, oh. Uh, Adidas like pleather thing. I mean, it's not expensive, but you know, for me it was. And I like see it, and it's like, oh, fuck. And I see other ones, and it's just she stole all these things and just never acknowledged that she had them. And then there are like, she, they're like uh, a main piece of her Instagram content, and that just drives me nuts. So she's using I hate this your story. clothes. Wow. Yeah, yeah, me too. That story sucked. So many of them, yeah. So many of them. Sorry, probably sorry. like five good ones. No, she's. I just. She's using your clothes for content. That's amazing. That's incredible. I mean, listen. I and it was the Orlando ago, Magic it's still, pleather hoodie. It's still here awesome. it is on the pod. Yeah. Wait. Awful. Give me your name. Let's see if we can <laughs> oh, look no. this up. Oh, I'm not man. gonna. You can type <laughs> or, or it in the chat. This. Yeah. Oh man. I'll type it. In the, just type it in the chat. So I'll type it in the chat. Right. We're not gonna say it on the pod. Um. And then we'll see. Wow. It's an interesting. Good name, right? Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Really good name. This is so intense right now. Everybody feels left out. <laughs> uh, five, two. Um, my God, she's got like three of them on here. That's wild. Multiple. Whoa. Because one with this is uh, this is um, impressive. But do you guys got along? She liked you. Yeah, dude. <laughs> How long did you date for? Uh, a full summer. And she was like known around the town for being like hot. It was like my one successful DM thing that went anywhere besides like, you know, a couple times. And I was just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, you know what? I'm coming home. And uh, God, you know, I've just seen you forever. Uh, I've seen you around town a couple times. And, um, you know, I never, I feel like I'm never going to get the chance to run into you because of, you know, I'm away for school so much. And she was like, yeah, actually, that's great. Let's do something. And then it was like three months. Well, I found this magic video. Yeah, I saw some. Who's this white guy? Who's this other uh, dude? That's what, everyone, that's what everyone in the town would say. I yeah. was in a barbershop once. He's like, you date that girl? I'm not going to say her name, but I was like, uh, yeah. It's like, is this guy going to punch me? Do I have to get out of this barbershop chair? Um, but yeah, she had a bunch of my stuff. Still does. She, my, the two follows, uh, that I have that are that we share are you and an NBA player too. So and I think that's the kind Not of that's the kind of stuff that we're uh, that we're dealing Not with. Not surprised. One of those out of your league situations. Yeah. So I guess it's probably if what it cost was some of my favorite outerwear. What can you do? <laughs> it's a great way of looking at it, Kyle. Great way out of my league. Great perspective. Okay, that'll do it for us today. Thanks to Booger, <laughs> Darren Williams, Kyle, and Steve. Uh, please subscribe, to Ryan Russillo, Ringer Podcast, Spotify Network. 